We are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. You are now tuned in to another episode of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. From initial thoughts on title alone, what were your assumptions about the book? Well, you know, uh, Dondre Whitfield uh, it has been in Hollywood for 30 plus years um, over his career. And so, I, but I, I still don't think a lot of people know who he is, you know, cause he's not a kind of like one of those A-list actors, but he's, he plays in everything. And so what I could appreciate um, from the title alone was it was intriguing. For some reason, man, I thought about like crabs, like sting crabs. You know, if if you, you know, I'm from uh, Chesapeake Bay area and even in DC and Maryland, you know, the blue crab is everything. So when you go to the, uh, a place to purchase crabs, typically you want the males, <laughs> the males, large males, small males, medium males. Um, and it's a, it comes at a premium rate. You know, the male crabs cost more than the female crabs for some reason or another. Thanks. And so some, I just thought, I'm like, male versus man. I, so I thought about crabs. I'm like, man, we're looking at a, a human, you know, we're looking at us as men. And we're really kind of stripping away all of the different parts of, of what it is to be a man. And at base level, we are males. At like at, at foundation base levels, if you strip us of all of our experiences and it's only our genetic DNA code, we are male. We were born as a as a male. And so for some reason, I was just thought I thought about I'm like, man, that's that's like a very, very generic way to describe us and what you know the different experiences that we have. And I'm like, I, I could see it, I could see the title as being educating and educating and thought provoking but i also kind of saw the title as being somewhat offensive too because if 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 i as the reader if i don't if i don't subscribe to the same philosophy of what his interpretation is of being a man then i'm at i'm a male and I didn't know how to feel about that because I wasn't really looking at it from a standpoint of like uh, identity. I was looking at it from a standpoint of like, what are the tools that you need to be the best man that you could be? But I think some people go through life thinking that, you know, they, they're men, they're men, but really they are, as he quotes in the, as he states in the book, uh, grown males, and I thought about it, I said, yo, if somebody called me a grown male today, you know, would I be able to remain calm in the midst of chaos like he was talking about in the book? I don't know, because I was just like, yo, man, I earned my stripes. So I can't revert back to just being a male. Like a male, it's almost like uh, you go through like this, this birthing process. So you, you finish your adolescence and you know you, you think that you're supposed to be 18 or 21 or 25. And at that point you become a man. But in some cases, I do know that I, I'm a recovering, I'm a recovering adult male, <laughs> as he stated in the book. But I just don't know if that if that title alone can get to the heart and the core of the audience that he was trying to reach. Men, <laughs> men or boys or people who uh, 
have to pour into men. I thought I thought he I thought he 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 did a, a okay job of trying to walk the line to cater to different audiences. But the title alone, I, I don't know. I, I I had mixed feelings about it. In one aspect, I'm like, okay, it's good to have kind of definitions and a kind of mantra that you need to subscribe to. On the other end, it's like you kind of if if you can't become a male, if you if you go from male to man, but if some reason you don't have the resources or the means or the environment to go from male to man, then it's just, it's offensive because some 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 males can't help the environment that they come from that might prohibit them from becoming a man. And he 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 alluded to it in the book. So I just I just didn't know how to feel about it. Okay. What about you, Jeff? So first, before, just to talk about the title, I'll say as somebody who doesn't kind of like eat crab, like I eat crab meat, but I don't do the whole process of, you know, breaking them. Thank you, Kevin, for that lesson on people wanting to mail crabs. They, I, I didn't know. So it's I, a thing. Like, like, like Cousin right. Jeff, it's a thing for real, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, walk, you walk into my mama's house with some small males or all females, she's going to ask the question, like, they ain't have any jumbo males? I didn't look now. If I had to go, I know what to get. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You got yeah. That's a little game. That's a little game from the game recognized game show. Look, <laughs> we we learning everything here. But um, I'll say just, and I'm gonna talk specifically about the title, not about like my thoughts about the book. One, when I saw um DeAndre, so this is like one of those characters in, in Hollywood or actors in Hollywood where you don't know their name, but you're like, oh, I've seen him. He played in this. He was he a light skinned. He was a light skinned dude in all the eighty shows. <laughs> right, <laughs> but in, in the other half of my mind, I'm like, oh, this is this somebody else who writing a book, you know? Because mm-hmm. I I didn't know anything about him being like an author. Matter of fact, I didn't even know he had wrote this book. I may have seen it here and there, but it wasn't like one of these things. Like, yo, he put out a book. Um, that's kind of like out there. So my first thoughts. Okay, this is just somebody else who done wrote another book. Then a title alone, Male versus Men. I thought it was intriguing. Um, I, I don't pick up many books, but if I was to, it's the title that would, would bring me in. If if I'm thinking about reading something, if that title alone is not kind of captivating me, I'm probably gonna go and pass on it. So Male versus Men, I didn't really think too deep on it on what it was about, but I'm like. Okay, that's interesting because on the surface, we would say, well, that's the same thing. But when you kind of think about it and think about it in layers, you're like, well, there appears to be a larger conversation um, that is there. So my initial thoughts was, okay, this is going to be a a good book. Um, You know, the subtitle is How to Honor Women, uh, Teach Children, and Elevate Men to Change the World. So that was kind of my initial thoughts on, on on the title of this book and its author. I, when I read it, I was like, hmm, interesting. And I think with my psychology background, right, my research and development, I made the assumption that there is going to be a strong comparison. But then I also thought about it. How would I feel if I didn't have this experience within psychological research? How would I feel in terms of like just reading this without knowing that 
developmentally, there is a difference. And so I was like, hmm. So I could see where Kevin was like, ah, that kind of could be offensive. I can... Mostly, I was like, hmm, that could be offensive. But then I was like, I'm not thinking about anyone else. Like, how does this resonate with me? And it was like, hmm, let's get it. I think I ultimately asked myself the question before I read this. It's like, let's see what areas I need to improve on in my manhood. And I, um, transitioning, you know, from the title, when you began to read it, like what were, what were your thoughts after you, like when you began to read it, what were you thinking? For me, I want to say the brother jumped in deep yeah. within off, the off first the couple of chapters. Off the oh, break, yes. man. Off the break, you know, talking about his friend that died in the motorcycle crash. And I'm like, man, that like this, we, we starting off with this? Yes. And I said, one, I, I could appreciate that. I could appreciate yeah. that he wasn't playing around with, with the reader's time, right? Like, let me jump into this and let's get heavy um, because this is a heavy topic. And I think within the Black community, he touched upon those... <clears throat> I guess, false labels or false titles or false roles that males have to fulfill in the household when a man isn't present. And so I was like, oh, brother, you unpacking more than I can, uh, more than I can handle at this moment, right? And so I, I think what was good for me, and then I'll yield, was the repetition of a lot of his thoughts and ideologies. And I think the most impactful part in the beginning was when you um, enable a boy, you disable the man. Yeah. That was heavy for me. And then when I started to think about how we enable boys daily, how women enable boys what does that look like? And then the disabling of that manhood or the deference of the manhood. So the event they'll eventually get there. That was that was a pointed point that he made. And I was like, ah, this is heavy. Let's let's dive in. And so yeah, I'll I'll yield and let you all share. Just to kind of continue off of moving from the title to I guess starting to read it. I do think in the beginning there were compelling like stories. Obviously, we talked about his friend passing away. Um, when he talks about service over self, when he talks about when you enable a boy, when you disable a man. Um going off of the previous book that we had, I I thought when we were we decided to read this book, it was basically going on the same kind of vein of of, I guess, you know, kind of not, not necessarily manhood, but talking to like black men, like a call, a kind of a call to black men. But what I personally did not like about this book is I didn't like the delivery of it. I thought there were good concepts. Like what I found for me as a reader is I prefer for you to just tell a story. I don't want you to tell me that you're going to tell me a story. Just tell your story. 
And I, I felt like a lot of times in this book, again, this is more so overview, and it, and I think it has some great points. It was just like, now we're gonna go into men, you. Now I'm gonna tell you about me and my daughter. Just like go and like take me on this journey. And I think for me, again, even though I took a lot from this book, it also couldn't, I couldn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to because I, I felt like the way that it was delivered was elementary. Again, I think there were great concepts that um, needed to be told. And, and it almost reminded me of Hill Harper's book, Letters to a Young Brother. Um, but if you've read that, how that's even done is different. Mm -hmm. So that's all I'm going to say right now in terms of from the cover to me starting to read it and kind of how I was feeling. I, I would agree. I would agree, Cousin Jeff, because um, that was the first thing I thought about. I thought about Hill Harper when I started this book. And I'm like, man, all the light-skinned dudes in Hollywood, that's, that's what y'all doing, man? Y'all <laughs> writing books? <laughs> Is that slow for you? <laughs> y'all writing books, man? And, and going to tell, tell me what I ain't doing and tell me that I ain't shit? That's what we doing here? <laughs> It, you know, so it, it was the it was the delivery part of it. You know what I mean? I, under, I understand, especially when he was talking about because you talked about he went like from man, man university. Right. And then uh, he went to the Hollywood set, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he went through like five or six characters of mm -hmm. men. And kind of, I don't know if they were based on a true story, if they were fictional scenarios, but he basically kind of broke down while. Oh well, this this person is a uh, thirty-two year old uh, professional man who uh, came up in a single parent household and uh, is a mama's boy. And mm -hmm. This is the reason that his all, his two marriages have failed because he's a mama's boy. Mm -hmm. But so so you talk about the the construct of why why future relationships or his adult relationships with women may have been a uh, flaw based on the fact that he was a mama's boy, but you don't really go into the, you don't really take a deeper dive into the why he was a mama's boy and why that impacts his manhood. Right. And so I, I didn't, I, I thought he kind of missed the mark in that regard. Uh, and like you said, it was kind of rudimentary as far as how he was trying to um, set up the scene and mm -hmm. if you're going to take that much work to try to set up the scene, I was expecting a, a, a kind of a stronger outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I just didn't feel like I didn't feel like he was he, he was hitting on that. Some aspects. Yeah. And so uh, a prime example would be, I mean, the very beginning of the book, he talks about, well, yeah, uh, you know, I wrote this book based on my belief, my value and, and my Christianity, you know, but I'm not here to preach to you. And I'm not here to, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to give you guidance. But then he would go some chapters and I'm like, yo, I, if I wanted a TDJ's book, I would buy a TDJ's exactly. book. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not coming, I'm not coming to Robert, who was Vanessa's boyfriend in the Cosby show. I'm not coming to you for like manhood advice, dude. You couldn't even get it right with Heathcliff and Vanessa. How are you going to get it right with us? <laughs> And, and I mean that, but that's how I thought about it. And I talked, to, yeah. I talked to Ronald. I talked to Ronald about this too, man. Because I said, yo, the only thing that really saved me from like just going all the way in and just being like crazy, having blinders on, and like 
uh, crazy, uh, not you know, judgmental was the fact I say, oh, he married Sally Richardson. And for those of you who don't are not familiar with Sally Richardson, Sally Richardson is one of our angels in black cinema. <laughs> she mm-hmm. uh, kind of got her got her uh, start in uh, Low Down Dirty Shame, the Keenan Ivy Wayne's movie, mm-hmm. opposite of uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Sally mm-hmm. Richardson was like the villain in that movie, but she was she was bad, and she's still fine to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yo, the dude might know what he's talking about because his wife fine, and they've been married for twenty some years. Mm-hmm. And I just know with a wife that fine, you don't have an easy life. Because <laughs> he talked, you know, they talked about one of the things he said. Yo, happy when the chapter happy wife, happy life. Uh-huh. He kind of debunked that. Right. When he said, yo, you as as a man, our role isn't to uh make a woman happy, it's to accentuate their happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of got my street cred. Cause I was like, oh, okay, well, I agree. He, he he's in a situation with a, a very, very attractive, equally successful wife. Mm-hmm. And that was there was some gems, but I was expecting that from like start to finish. I didn't want you to go into uh Jamal Bryant mode on me, yeah. Because I because I I really don't think I really don't think that if you're trying to give men guidance and expertise, and as black men we are diverse from our religious views and perspectives as well. Mm-hmm. So if, at the beginning of the book, if you tell me, well, I'm not going to preach you to death. I'm not, you know, this is not going to be a Bible study, but then you telling me the ins and outs of Paul and what Paul stated as far as uh, manhood. And then you kind of take a deeper dive into the book of James and you talk about the, you know, it's God, but then you have to do, it's like, I understand that, but I'm also, I'm not, I also realize I'm no longer a babe in Christ. Because I understand those concepts, but if it's foreign to me, or if I'm a Muslim, or if you know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I am a, a homosexual male, you know, and and then you're talking about, well, yeah, we want to create this safe environment for all of our men to become better men, because being a man is about service versus being served, right? But I just don't know if his method can cut through some of the barriers that we have as black men, mm-hmm. like the set, the setup. And I'm not, if that's the case, then I don't know if your message is received. I think women would love this book. I think women would absolutely love the book because it gives some very, some very good concepts and a, 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 a kind of a generic understanding of what the uh, differences are between male and a man and kind of expectations that you might, you should have of men versus males. And so, but if I'm 23 years old and I'm a mature male or a grown male at that point, I don't know if this would be the book to help me go from good to great or from male to man. Okay, I can echo that. And I, yes. And I think in that regards, there was principle and there was introduction to practice. Given our age and our experience, we can take a breadcrumb and turn it into a bread slice. Everyone is not able to do that, though. Yeah. And so going off of a 23-year-old young man who was in search of his manhood, 
I think before I say that, I want to say that we have to examine the definition or the qualifications of a man or manhood within the black community. And I think it looks different depending on where you've come from, Mm -hmm. your exposure. And I'd love how he said that a boy needs to be fathered, not necessarily by his biological father, right? But the verb was there of fathered. And I I love how he broke that down. And I was like, "Mm, that's good. Um, but then thinking back to if I've been told by my family or all those within my circle that I'm, I'm the moth, right? The man of the house. Um, then do I automatically start taking on, you know, do my shoulders get broader? Does my chest stick out more because, you know, I've been told that I'm the man of the house. Oh, now, you know, you got to be the man of the house now. And I still haven't really figured out how to operate this thing between my legs, right? I don't really know the ins and outs and the intricacies of what that tool is ultimately used for, right? The tool tool that makes you a male. Correct. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, if I haven't mastered that to know that it's not for pleasure but for procreation i'm still you're 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 forcing a boy to fulfill or i and i want i can't remember i wrote it down and it was like the stand-in right there needs to be a stand-in male model in the house and so this is not the man of the house he's standing in the gap of the missing male figure of the house just because you call a boy a man does not mean that he's automatically going to subscribe to manhood that day. And have right? the tools to do so. Yes, the because le- the level he has understanding to do so. And because he hasn't been fathered to do so. And so I, I agree. Um, while reading it, right, just going out of the book. It was the setup that was that was like okay, DeAndre, Don, Dondre, sorry. Um, the audio book it set up the story a lot easier. It wasn't as stressful when you heard it because it was kind of like he was having a conversation with you. And it sounded like he was at a table read. Yes. Okay. You right? know, it was it was kind of his lane. You know what I mean? The, Correct. The, act, the, the theatrics. And so I I didn't mind the setup and the delivery in that notion, but reading it, I was like, bruh, just get, lift the curtain up and go action. Let's get it. Um, Yes. I think there was a few areas to where the, the hammer could have hit the nail a little harder. Um. The points that I highlighted was about the shift in perspective, right? Going from being served to serving others. That was big for me. Oh, absolutely. That was big because when I, when I think about those who I consider to be men within my sphere of influence, I was like, Ooh, I got to reevaluate some things. And even now, like individuals that I would refer to as like, the men in the community, I'm like, I've I seen them trying to be served multiple times. Um, 
the accountability piece was heavy, was big. And Kev, we've had conversations about people just not wanting to be accountable for their actions in general. Yes. And I said, hmm, that's a requirement. Um, leading being first and to model, like being the example. I love the analogy of the argument from 10 and 2, where he was like... Oh, when you talk about driving the car yeah. and how you keep the car stable, your hands have to be at 10 and 2. And how, like, if your wife yeah. is coming at you at a level 10, you you got to stay at level 2. And I was like, mm. Yeah, that was cold. That was cold. And I, but then I was like, yo, that's basic communication, like... I agree. Yeah, does that but, mean does that mean does that mean that you're a better man? Like that everybody should be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, you the way you broke it down helped me to realize that everyone's not doing that. Nope. Right? Yeah. Everyone's coming in. Well, you had a 10, I'm gonna come in at 10,000. And then it's like, oh, no one's being heard. But really, it's the law of the escalation. You had a 10. If I stay at a five, you're gonna realize that you're the only one showing your ass at this moment. And yes. it was it was dope. It was dope how he broke it down. The only the only uh, I guess the only issue I had with the analogy was who's gonna train you to keep it at a level two or five? Like it's easier said than done. And this is coming from me, you know. I hey, I've been married, divorced, different relationship, all kinds of chaotic stuff, and and I've had to be forced to be calm in the midst of the chaos, right? Nobody taught me that. And it was like me, it's, it's like hard, tough on the job training that I didn't I didn't know that, that that kind of tool or technique was of value until I had failed a couple of times. If anything, he just gave me a better analogy to maybe explain it to say my son or someone else as far as like, but this is how you have to be if you're in that kind of environment or that kind of relationship. And so even still, I love the analogy, but it's like the setup to it. How, how are men supposed to get this kind of information if they're in communities where you have grown males that mm -hmm. are uh, place a greater value on being served than being of service? He, and, go ahead, go ahead. No, and I was just going to... Um, Go off something that Kev said in terms of you're right when, when when a lot of times we have grown up in environments that let's just put it that's very toxic. Yeah. Um, pe people don't want to talk about this, but I think as a culture, the way that we just act normal, it can be it can be toxic. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. you know that, that's, just just, like, that's just a regular conversation, right? That's what I mean. And that's, <laughs> if black people don't want to say it, but it's like yo, this, you know, we we kind of it's kind of aggressive. And yeah. with that being said, I don't think the way that I've grown up in my immediate family, and then when I, when I say outside of my family, just outside of my household, so just growing up in my community, it never was toxic, but it was very kind of aggressive. It was always that level 10 type of like, you know, talking to one another. And the question you ask is, well, how are we supposed to learn this? I would say the way that I've learned it is actually through work, just being there. And to be frank, working just with a lot of people that's non-black, where I'm seeing how they handle situations. And I'm like, you know what? You don't have to meet every, not even argument, you don't have to meet every discussion with they on 10, so I got to be on 10. Because to your point, I found like a lot of times when now I'm talking to my family, I'm like, why are you so passionate? Like, 
I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, bring, I'm like, bring it down. And then, like you said, they're up there looking crazy. And a lot of times, when you're speaking to those family members, that's that's the only way they know how to talk. And to be honest, quite frankly, what they're saying is not even that important. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying all that to say is where 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 do we learn this? I don't know, but I know one of the places that I've learned it is at work. And it hasn't been because I've been involved in it. It's mainly been I've just viewed it as other people have like been in discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, he he pointed out something that I thought was 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 real good. And it was about um being an addict to your flesh. And I was like, mm, he said, I'm a recovering addict. And he alluded to fleshly desires, mm-hmm. male. And I said, that's heavy. That, that, that's heavy. But then going off of how do we learn these things, we can't learn something new until we un- unlearn the thing that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we need to be put into the environment like Jeff, right? Everybody ain't hollering and cussing at work. And it's like, oh, we getting we oh, can we disagree. Can disagree? And you still gonna buy me lunch? <laughs> Damn, my car ain't gonna get shot up because I'm disagreeing with you. Shit, I ain't getting thrown out your house. All right. Damn. I'm not getting called out my name because I'm beating you in space. This is amazing, right? And so we that's you you said it perfectly sometimes that's the only way people know how to respond and it's no fault of theirs that they haven't been exposed to anything that's different Mm -hmm. and i think what's hard is when you take a male out of the environment in which he calls home i.e the hood to the university Mm -hmm. they are now forced to experience things that they would not have experienced had they stayed at home on the block. But even then, we have the power to decide, am I going to be open-minded and am I going to take this in or am I going to run from it, right? Like, am I going to go to class and then am I going to go and, like, stay in my room so, like, I'm not socializing? Right. And I think the most important for me, the most important aspect of the university wasn't necessarily the academic rigor and the classes. It was the socialization and the process in which I had to change the way I was thinking so that when I graduated, I wasn't just graduating with a diploma that said I went to class, but I graduated from an experience or as Dondre kept using, I matriculated Mm -hmm. to a different level of behavior and responding and a different level within manhood and even still i think going back to the first question one of the first questions i said like where do we get our definition of manhood it was interesting when you when you were talking about that because i think so you know different cultures go through different um kind of like rites of passage yeah and to be honest i think as Black people. I'm not talking about like African American because even Africans have their own like um, ritual that they do. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't think Black people have defined that. It, it depends on the household that you grew up in and what is considered manhood. Yeah. I mean, in some households, that can be you getting in a fight and nobody helping you out, even if you're getting beat. 
that can mean like pulling the trigger. That can also mean, you know, <laughs> somebody who's probably got more of a worldly view. Okay, we're going on a camping expedition and you're essentially out in the wilderness by yourself. Add, just, add on to that, Jeff, have, having a baby. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he had a baby. He's a man now. Right. No, before that, before the impregnating. Yeah, yeah. Impregnating someone yeah. to have the baby. So oh, all yeah. these things, and I think this is why just as black men, we just be so confused and so lost. Um, one, obviously, I feel like some of those traditions are lack of a better word, toxic, but even with, it's not even a process with it. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, just go and do. No instructions, just go and do. So I, I think once we kind of define like essentially what manhood should look like and what that really starts with, I mean, for DeAndre is good because, you know, he leads a household. He's, the, he's defining that for his son. Absolutely. As a father, you're defining that in, you're kind of teaching that to your son or being a father figure for other boys that's out there. And he said this in the close of the book and the acknowledgements. Um, what one I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset about the acknowledgements because he, he shouted out all the sisters first and had like, she had, he had like a who's who of all of the sisters that he shouted out in the acknowledgements. It was like Holly Berry, Tisha Campbell, Patty LaBelle. And it's like, yo dude, I can't take you serious now, man. You married to Sally Richardson, and then Holly Berry just shouting you out with 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 like advice on manhood from a woman's perspective. Light like, yo, you, you speaking from a, yeah, that's, that's light skin behavior, man. You you speaking you speaking from a he's speaking from a place of pri privilege. You know what I'm saying? And then and then he get to it. He get to all. He get to the acknowledgments for the men. And don't get me wrong. He, he still shouted, he still shouted out the folks that was in his circle, but it wasn't a who's who. Right. <laughs> it, it was almost like, I, I thought the acknowledgements for the women, it was like a flex. It was like mm. a flex move, you know what I'm saying? And so if you flexing, it's almost like you're trying to give us guidance on, you know, how to be the best man that we could be, but then you flexing at the same time. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I go back to the, uh, one of the analogies that he, he called out as far as it's our it's our job as men to create safe spaces for others. Yes. Yes. Right? And I, and that, that hit home for me because I do believe that I, I honestly, I think that was where I got my definition of what being a man was. And by the grace of God, I got it from my grandfather because my grandfather was always a service to others and always wanted to protect others and, and create a safe space for others. And I, I always appreciated that because even in just the levels of discipline, my mother would do a whole bunch of yelling and screaming. My grandfather would never do that because I think that was his way of creating a safe space for me to have the conversations that you can only have with a man. Yeah. And I, and I respect it, but it was one thing that he called out when, when, uh, when he talked about creating these safe spaces that we have to be tree trees in our village, trees within our community, strong trees mm -hmm. to provide protection, cover. cover, shade to our community. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, that is dope. And I respect it. But then on the cusp of that, he talks about him going into an airport and pretty much getting shitted on because someone who was white 
got a different kind of treatment that he received. And then it was, he was getting threatened. They threatened to call the police on him and all this other stuff. And he, he tried to keep, keep his tone at it too. At it too, working, working with in a, in a stressful situation. And I'm just saying, I think it's a little, I think it's a little more difficult for men to be trees in our community to provide that cover and shade because we also have to fight these other mm. principalities <laughs> mm. and in some cases flesh within our lives that I ain't focusing on being a tree, man. You disrespecting me and I feel like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm being threatened. Then yeah, I'm I'm in warrior mode. He talked about warrior mode in the book as well. I'm in warrior mode. And that's just what it is. And I just don't know if I just don't know if collectively as 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 black men specifically, if we have those kind those conflict resolution and meta uh and mediation tools that could keep us level-headed so that we can then grow to be the trees that we need to be because right now we're not even we're getting cut our trees getting chopped down at a rapid rate we don't and i'll go ahead and yeah. say we don't we as a collective unit as black men we do not um i think if you are fortunate to be presented with different opportunities to where those things are introduced to you and then taught to you. There's a there's a complete difference in introducing something and then teaching something. Introduction means Jeff, this is Kevin. Kevin, this is Jeff. Teaching is going beyond the introduction and then making sure that what I am giving you, you are retaining it and able to apply it once I leave you. And we have so many individuals within the black community who subscribe to the title of teacher, but don't have the necessary tools within their toolbox to make sure that the application takes place. You can tell me how to tie a tie, but I need you to show me how to tie a tie. And you walking me through the steps real quick, boom, that's great. But I've never seen you wear a tie. Why is it? Don't just tell me this is what we're supposed to do. I need you to show me, right? Uh, you can tell me I'm not supposed to raise my voice at a woman, but here you are arguing with my mother. That, that doesn't really work for me, right? Going back to child development, children can't be what children don't see. I can't build a car if I've never seen what a car is supposed to look like, right? If I don't have any framework of what this is. And the analogies that the brother used, they were they were very, they were on point. I definitely love how he talked about males create hurting cultures, men create healing cultures. And it's all in about not what we just produce. So I don't want to say that males, um, you are a man when you produce something, because no, it has to be intentional with what you produce. You're producing something that will serve others, right? That safe space serves others. The healing space serves others. Um, being mindful of the, the pain languages, right? When the brother broke down the five le uh, languages of pain. Well, Lucas. 
bruh. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sat there and I closed the book and I had to sit with that for a couple of minutes. And I literally had to process. I even talked through some of the stuff with my therapist. I was like, wow, this is really, that was really heavy. And then when you think about, I always ask myself this question, like, am I responding to the moment or am I responding to past trauma? Right? Like if Kevin calls me out my name, am I responding to Kevin or am I responding because Jeff called me this name when I was seven and I never really said what I needed to do or say to Jeff when I was seven. And all these years, every time somebody calls me a name, it just adds on to it. And so Kevin calls me a dummy. And at that moment, I'm giving him everything that I should have gave Jeff in seven. Right. So it's like, ooh, am I responding to this present moment or am I speaking out of pain? Am I? And so that caused me to really reevaluate some stuff. And I appreciated when he talked about the, the pushback, right? When your wife or your partner gives you pushback, how to receive it and not respond to it, but like take it and be like, ah, what do I have to do differently here? I I think that this was a good start to something. But once again, if I give this to a young male or old male that doesn't have anyone within his environment that can help him in terms of the application, how does this work? Yo, it's going to come off like, man, that's the that's the dude from All My Children. That's the dude. That's the dude from the Cosby Show. That's the dude from uh, Living Single. One of them shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. I don't think it's gonna be received because the application was really missing. Yeah. And a, I, book, a book like that, I, I ain't gonna say you gotta go. You you know, it doesn't have to be textbook. You know, textbook with different the, the theologies and theories and methodologies. But I do feel like if a woman reads the book. And she's going to talk about some of it and try to apply some of it within her household. Say she has a young boy that she's raising and you're, you're, you're the man of the house. But even, in, even in that, 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 uh, that thing, the mother is still giving the boy, uh, what are traditional roles of a man. It's a very task oriented. Task oriented, yes. It's yes. task oriented. Yes. Right. How, however, then you you talk you said it earlier that the the that it's it's a kind of a temporary period, Ronald, where the, the boy has to stand in the gap for the lack of a man being in the household. Mm-hmm. So you have task stuff that you have to do as a boy, and the mother may read the book and say, Okay, well, yeah, uh, let's move from task to function. At the same time, you can't teach function because a man isn't in the house. And and there's an empty expectation within the task. Yeah. Because yeah. you yourself don't know what it means to be man of the house. Exactly. Right. And so you're creating this false narrative that this boy is going to subscribe to. And un- unless he is introduced to something that can either reinforce or reteach, he's going to think that this is it. So how can you? tell me I'm not a man when at the age of eight I've been doing this, 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 and this. And it's you've like been but yelling that's... at me, you've been yelling at me like a boyfriend or a husband. Yeah. And 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 treating me like a boyfriend nah. or a husband. And you giving me all these tasks. 
I'm the man of the house, but yeah. I haven't, I'm not developed emotionally. I'm not, uh, I'm not developed from the standpoint of, uh, in, in growth in some aspects. I'm not yeah. developed as far as, um, the uh, number of experiences that I, that you need to have as a man <laughs> yeah. to be a yeah. man. And as like, you, I, said, I, you know, you can't serve as a boy. As a boy, uh, my my son, my son is ten years old. He lives with his mother. She can give him chores and responsibilities, but my son can't serve his mother. You know what I'm saying? He he's being he, he's being served because yeah. as a mother, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. But he can't serve his mother. And so, for those that don't have men in their lives. Where do you get where do you get that kind of service leadership, that servant leadership from? I would say, well, so a couple of things. One, everything we're talking about kind of hits home when he says when boys are forced to abandon their boyhood because they've been told to act like a man, they simply become actors, pretenders in the way of manhood. So they just it's like they're just playing this role. They just like to make point. Mm-hmm. They just playing this role. Another thing that I was thinking about um, in terms of, you know, going back to this question of how do we, what do we learn this stuff from? You know, if we supposed to be this thing and it's not necessarily in our household, I was like thinking about for myself, like I've talked about this before. Um, my dad, <laughs> we've, we've always been in a, I feel like we're good now, but we was in a roller coaster in terms of like growing up. I think my dad modeled a lot of what was shown to him, which wasn't good. So because of that, I always give my dad grace. You know, as a parent, you, you're you just doing what you think best. It right. ain't like you got some playbook of do this, do that. And then, too, if you haven't had therapy, if you haven't had any, like, real, like, education and, like, just parenthood and way of life, you doing, like, what you think is best for, for the, the child. So with that, I always give my dad grace. But I always think about like, hey, like where did I learn this stuff from? I think really it came from like mentors. And when I say it came from mentors, besides maybe one person, I'm not sure if I ever in my life have had like, this is my mentor. Mm-hmm. But my parents knew to always put me into like these little programs. Um, but I think about, and, and a lot of them, to be honest, they stem from like fraternities. You know, they would have like God right, or they would have, um, I forget the ones, uh, the, the other different ones that I was in, but essentially I would go to these things on Saturday morning, spend like three, four hours, and we would go over a lot of things that you're talking about right now, whether it be de-escalation, whether it be like how you should be eating when you go into like a formal place. Like, I feel like that's where I learned all these different things and what made it good was that you know it was all of these other like boys my age for the most part black but we weren't we weren't living in the same community so they were all living in other communities and with that they were bringing what i would consider like a a new or fresh perspective for things like oh i didn't even think about that like that and that kind of spewed over into hey you should do x you should do y do you know like this is out there whereas in my own community those things were not um, I would say it wasn't heavily like exposing me, but yeah. So to answer your question, I think it was mentors. Another thing that I wanted to, to bring up when you talked about trees earlier, Kevin, like how are we supposed to be a tree when it's like, we out here dealing with all this stuff. 
Like, I don't want to be no tree. Even how the author talks about being at the airport, they out of 10, you out of two. It's like, well, what did that get you? Yeah, that's 90, about, it's about to get minutes. your ass arrested in the ass. <laughs> right. For no reason. It, it made me think about modern day. I don't know if y'all saw that story. I forget what state it was in, where the guy was in the um, food court of the, the mall. It was right before Christmas. And he was sitting with his family eating. And essentially, they had got word that a guy and his son, and mind you, he was with his family. He was with his wife. He was with his two kids. I think it was like a newborn and then maybe like a young boy. But the police got word that there was a guy in a sweatsuit with a hoodie or something like that. And they were um, buying stuff with stolen cars. They essentially like they're in a food court at like an outlet mall. They walk over to him and basically say, get up and come outside. X, Y, and Z, like not even giving him no choice. It was almost this thing as you guilty uh, before proven innocent instead of asking him his name, asking him questions, telling them what, what is currently going on. And it made, that made me think about how, to your point, yeah, we should be modeling correct behavior for not only our families, but our sons. But it's like in that moment, even watching that video, you, you would just be so enraged. This man is trying to eat a sandwich. Yeah. Out buying his family gifts. I also got to be mindful of my safety, my family's safety, but also I got to be modeling the correct behavior for not only my family, but more importantly, my son. Because like th- those situations, like you can tell your son whatever all day long, but his his son will remember that day. Yeah. I say I like to say it was the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. It was yep. the wrong guy. And after it was all said and done, it was almost like, if you and they put this man on handcuffs, everything outside like he was a crook. It was just like, well, if you if you get calm, then we can tell you what's going. Get calm, you bothering me. Yeah, but you want me to be calm. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and it made me. It, it reminded me of when we talked about being trees. It's almost like for for black men, sometimes it's hard to be out here. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be this tree. I'm gonna be a covering. I'm going to be a safe place. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Because for no for no real reason, it's going to be somebody who's going to be like, no, you ain't going to be no tree. Because I said you ain't going to be no tree. And what you going to do about it? And so, I got a chain, chainsaw right here to make sure you're not going to be a tree. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and, and I'll just say, I think there are really good, great concepts in this book. I actually think that this book probably could have been written a little bit different. I think a lot of things that he talks about um, aren't necessarily specific to manhood. I, I, you know, I don't know if it's like to be a good adult or um, a good citizen or whatever, but these are things that whether a man or not, when we talk about communication, uh, we talk about de-escalation, we talk about creating like safe spaces. When we talk about in marriage, you can't make somebody happy who ain't happy inside. That ain't no man thing. Like that is a thing for marriage. Like, yo, two people got to come to this thing happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think there are really great um, concepts in here, and maybe if some was like left out, some was kind of like uh, more like light was brought up to it. I don't know. Maybe maybe the book could have been more effective. But you know what, Jeff? You right. You 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 absolutely right. You absolutely right. Because I, I as you were talking, I just thought about kind of the last quarter of the book, and 
like one chapter, it just seemed he he had Bible study for one chapter. And yeah, another, for, and another, a, 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 full, yeah. a full chapter. <laughs> you know what yes. I'm saying? Another another chapter, another full chapter, chapter. He um, you know, he was talking about the human race and like you know what is it, we're not it's just not men, the black men, it's the human, is we're human, we're the human race. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're coming from a black male's perspective in your book. And then you want to throw this human race shit at me. I get all that. And yeah, we want anti-racists and advocates to speak on our behalf. But at the same time, if you're talking about a white male versus a black male, it's apples and oranges as far as the experience. Yep. And I thought that devalued all of his points that he was he was really trying to hit home because yeah. then you kind of got mad generic and it was watered down at the end. Yeah. I was trying to get to the end of the book after about, um, I think the God and do equals success, uh, successful life. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And like then, we get it. B. We get it. Happy we got, wife, we happy faith, life. I was like, works. we got it. Bro. We got okay. it. <laughs> and then the create safe space. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm with you, but it was short. I was like, mm-hmm. this should have been a little yeah. longer. I also wanted change versus healing to be more about changing to heal. Because the that, that's the work. That's the application. That's Jay. the application. Brother Jay, that is the application. And like you, he 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 just glossed over that shit. <laughs> he he made a quote um going back to y'all's tree, even though I know y'all don't feel like being trees. Um, he said, a tree is a gift that God provides our environment. It turns the waste we produce into life-giving air, carbon dioxide into oxygen. A mature man has the ability to take things from people that can be harmful and turn them into something that will give life to the recipient. Expand upon that. I love. I loved it. I, I loved it. It was that eloquent. was deep. I, yeah. Yes. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep reading, and then <laughs> I was like, let me just get to the end of this book, um, because that's easier said than done, brother Jay. Yes, Agreed. it's easier Agreed. said than done, and I guess that was my point. And I was just like, yo, all right, are you writing this because you are you writing this because you know you got a brand and you you can push a book and sell a hundred couple hundred thousand copies? Or are you writing this to really have some impact? And th- I guess that that message was c- confusing to me because I, I like you say I, it was a lot of great points in the book, but it was the application piece that was just missing for me because I just know I I have a certain we we collectively have a certain set of experiences that the majority of black men have not had. Simple as that: college educated, um, and certain uh, access to certain rooms have you know lived in different parts of the country worked in different parts of the country and have this diverse set of experiences and what i loved about his acknowledgement in the end of the book he called out his son and he said you are everything that i wanted to be when i was your age and he talked about um the fact that you have this ability to be a boy and i can teach you how to be a man and you have endless resources to go out and, and do what you need to do to become the best man that you can be under, under, under God's will. He yeah. said something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. I loved it. But at the same time, yo, we ain't living in Hollywood, B. 
We ain't living in Hollywood. Like I, you know, I can't pick up the phone and call Patty LaBelle, the Patty LaBelle for motherly advice. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't pick up the phone and holler at Holly Berry. I can't pick up the phone. I can't pick up the phone and oh, uh, you know, now, now you're part, you, you're, uh, I, I exposed my son to semi-pro athletes, pro athletes. And that's what he would, that's how, that's, that's kind of the lens that he was coming from. And I just thought he did himself a disservice. And I say that because I, I believe his heart was there throughout the entire book. And I yeah. understand it. Yeah. His heart was certainly there. But I just think he was kind of naive too. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to hear. So as he laid out the book of Lucas. Right. It was one of those things where I was like, ooh. But as I kept turning the page, I was expecting a more in-depth exploration of each of those letters. Right. Tell me how lusting shows up in the male's perspective. Unforgiveness. How do we get stuck in the area of unforgiveness? How do we use profanity when we should be utilizing like where when when does that get substituted as a blanket to cover us because we are dealing or speaking from a place of pain, the mm. anger, the maleness, right? How do we mask or control our anger so that we go from male to male? like I wanted to know uh, and of course sarcasm, right? Sarcasm mm-hmm. is the humor of pain. Yeah. The brother, when he broke it down, I said, oh, shit, even though he said cussing is a vocabulary pain. I didn't come from a place of pain. I was like, God, this is good. This is good. And as I kept turning the page, I was disappointed because that alone could have been five chapters. Yeah. You can do a whole book on that. You really could. You, you By really, itself. You really could. You really How could. does this show up? Because one, if you're speaking to a 23-year-old, we'll go off that example, Kevin. I need to know what are the signs that lust is going to show up and how do I respond to lust as a man versus how do I respond as a male? Like, what ways am I going to see this and how can my response sometimes lead me down a detrimental path of destruction, right? Knowing that I'm going to be presented with certain things, I need you to show me and tell me because I may not have given been given that, right? And so I wanted to hear more. I wanted to hear more of that. And I, I low-key was high-key, high-key was disappointed that that did not unfold to what I thought that it could have unfolded to. Absolutely. You know, because if we if we're ta- if we're responsible as men to create safe spaces, but no safe spaces are created for us. It's kind of hard to know what to do to create a safe space. <laughs> right. And I, 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 and I, you know, I'm asking stupid questions reading the book <laughs> because I, I understand that it's our role. But how do you create a safe space when I'm not in a safe space myself? Or mm. I've never been in a safe oh, space. I've never so been in a safe space. How Either, do that's, I, yeah, that's sad. how do I create what I have? Like once again, I can't be what I don't see. I can't create what I don't know exists. Mm. And so, what defines a safe space? Something that is safe for me may look completely different than Jeff. Right? There's a need that a person 
has to have fulfilled in order for the space to be deemed as safe, right? There's no lamb's blood that we put over the door and that makes it safe. In order for you to, for me to feel safe in this space, one that has to did be he vulnerability. Just Passover, Jeff. Yeah, he did. did. He did. He did. I did. I did. All right. I did. I, That's I good. like it though. I like it. Right? Like, there's nothing that I can just automatically say, boom, safe space, right? You know, at work when they started putting out those. Uh, equality signs like, hey, this is a safe, safe space. Safe. It's not a safe space. You told my black ass to put this up on my door or I would get in trouble. That doesn't make this space safe. That means I am forced to put this sticker up. But you did not give me the tools or anyone in this building the tools to ensure that the space we are holding is safe for anyone at all times. But let's take this down to a, another level. Go for it. When you think about Black people, or let's say Black men in general, when we say, you know, like, wh where is this safe space that everybody talk about? I think when we start to think about it, most people would say it's the barbershop. Fair. But you got to think about this. Who, who are the people that are in the barbershop? Now, a lot of times you're going to have, you know, the older guy that sits in the front and then you're going to have a collection of people, somebody who's newer, who just started, maybe the, the guy who owns it or his dad who owned it. Then just a couple like little fill-ins who like average barbers. But to be honest, a lot of people who become barbers, they formerly were incarcerated. They, you know, could be like dropout out of like college or even like high school or like somebody just trying to get like quick money. If you're saying that barbershops are supposed to be this safe space or this therapy, you basically got people who are unexperienced to run this, this safe space. So all mm -hmm. we're having is a conversation, a talk. That's all that's happening. He set it up at the beginning of the book, though. He said, you know, to be a parent, you don't need education. To get married, you don't need educational training. You know, he, he kind of set it up at the beginning of the book to that point. But I, I feel like a safe space in the barbershop is because at least you're not coming from a judgmental standpoint because everybody got baggage in the barbershop. It depends. The Perhaps. barbershops <laughs> yeah. that we were in, right? The yeah. barbershops that we were in as a kid. Now, granted, yeah. I ain't been to one in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take that back. I still get this trimmed up. But like, I haven't been in an old school barbershop, right? Where I was called Young Blood. And like, let me learn you something, right? No old school. There was no Checker Fred in the new barbershops that we go to because right. now it's a transactional location. Mm -hmm. There's a service provided. There's money provided for the services. And then you leave. It's you don't go to the- It's an app now. Yeah, you got to <laughs> schedule an appointment. Yeah. I remember my grandfather would go, now he wouldn't get a haircut, but we would be at the barbershop for hours. Yeah. Right? And so that, that, scene of a barbershop is gone yeah and in those spaces you had the old school barber who opened the barbershop and has been cutting for 40 years he could probably learn you a few things but now to jeff's point you got individuals who likes likes to cut designs in people's hair so now i'm a barber i don't have the the tools to deal with my trauma how can I tell you as a little boy how to process what you've experienced so you could be a man? And most of them don't even talk to each other now. It's like, it's five of them 
but everybody is literally doing their own thing. Yeah, they're like yeah. independent contractors. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm your just own, here. Your That's own true. barber might be listening to music uh, on the cell on the phone. So there is no communication going back None. and forth. <laughs> None. Right. And so I, I don't want to say all barbershops of today are the same because I, I right. know some individuals who when a when a young boy gets in his chair, pick a book, read the book to me while I cut your hair. Right. Right, right. There's things like that. Or there's things. Uh, little Johnny needs a pair of shoes. Little Johnny's mom has six kids. She's a single parent. Little Johnny going to get these shoes so he can play basketball. And we're going to go to Little Johnny's games. OK, bet. But those are also still the neighborhoods that have block parties and everybody comes together as a community for the annual summer block party. Gone are the days of that microcosm of therapy within the barbershop. You don't have that anymore. And even when we transfer it to the uh, other side, right, even in the churches, you had individuals modeled in a way that little girls should become uh, young ladies and young ladies turn into uh, grown women, right? We, we, as the community, we don't have anything as an example other than social media and body yada 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 Like, we, there aren't any examples for males, for females, for boys, for girls, for men, or for women. So a lot of these young brothers and sisters are figuring this shit out and they're creating their own paths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The issue is I create my own path out there, but when I come home to family, right, what I'm doing don't match up with what you think I'm supposed to be doing. So now this is when we get friction within the family. And now I'm not talking to such and such. And then we got broken family all because things aren't done the way we're expecting them to be. When in actuality, we think about some of the ways that our parents and that generation were doing stuff, that way of doing stuff should have died when it was done to you. Mm-hmm. But that 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 is that's something that I feel like he skimmed over as well. Hell yeah! Uh, when, he, when when he talked when he talked about uh, when he talked about uh, our, our homosexual brothers out there. Yes. You know, I thought I was like, Yo, it's a it's a it's a topic that needs to be discussed amongst mm-hmm. men collectively, right? Mm-hmm. However, I just think he did a disservice to it because he just kept agree. His, well, yeah, well, we gotta accept we gotta accept our homosexual brothers and sisters, and even if you subscribe to Christianity, you know we have to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's the greatest commandment. Yada 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 yada. And then he talked about yeah. Then then I talk then I talk you know I talked to some of my homosexual brothers who are who are men and part of my circle, and I asked them why they were homosexual, and some of some sometimes it was because they were molested, other times they had a, a, a sexual experience, and that was it. But but to your point, Ronald, when when individuals go out and create their own past, but then they come back home, like homosexuality is one of those things that I've seen that has caused friction yeah. in the black community in the black household. Yeah. I'm just like, yo, you're gonna drop that right there and you're gonna give it five pages, maybe four and a half, because the yeah. text was big, right? <laughs> And you know there was a saying? big ass quote in one of the pages. And so like that was we one gotta thing. accept everybody. We have to have these conversations. Okay. How? But how what, word, because, what words do we use? Yeah, because because gay brothers, gay brothers also they feel like they don't have a safe environment. 
to talk to to have that conversation. So if they feel like they don't have a safe environment as a straight as a straight male, I feel like I don't have a safe environment. Now I have to figure out how to, you know, he talked about collaboration in the book. How mm-hmm. can we collaborate as a community to kind of uplift and talk about common interests? But we, you know, the gay brother scared to talk to me. I'm scared to talk to the gay brother. Or think about with the title, how, how do they play in this whole manhood that you're talking about? Where where where, where do they come in at, or where 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 does their state lie? Because he's yeah. you know, and I, I agree, I agree. Like you don't have to subscribe to a particular sexuality to not to be a man. Like you know, to be a servant, you could be gay or straight and still be a servant, and that helps yes. you. That 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 ties into your manhood. I, I, I understand that part, but but at the same time, it's like. There's a step missing. <laughs> right. There's a step missing, man. <laughs> and 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 I think to someone who's educated, we know the the language or words that should have been there. But to the point of the book and how it's laid out, I I kind of just felt like that part was in there just to say, hey, I covered it. Like that's yeah, all. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I LBG, LBGTQ, just- oh, we covered it. <laughs> And then but, he said something about he says he mentioned transgenders in, in the book as well, and it's almost like he mentioned it. Oh yeah, and, and like we can't forget transgenders, and then check, check, <laughs> yeah, check. check. It would have been Next good chapter. to it would have been good to bring it back to the title to say like, okay, these people still have a a place within manhood, and this is why, and this and is why, just, and this is how, right? The why and the how. Yeah. Final thoughts, and what are you taking away from the book? Like, what has it made you um, look at differently, or think about differently well for me brother jay um i'll kick it off um you know in the spirit of the show and in the bourbon bourbon and books for the game recognized game podcast let's give it let's give it a black power fist a black fist we're gonna give a five fist rating right well five fists five black fists that's a that's like a five a five mic rating from the source that means the book was excellent Okay. The book the book was excellent. On on the scale from one fist to five, I would give this book a three. I would give this book a three fist, three three fists in the in the air, um, because I do feel like the topic was necessary. I do think the points in the book were valid. I do I do agree with a lot of what he said. Um, where I disagree is how it was delivered, and I do feel like he left out the why. So I'm gonna deduct two fists off the the why and the how. I'm I'm gonna de- I'm gonna deduct two fists off of that alone. Okay. What I what I enjoy um, is this is this theme of manhood you, where there has to be authenticity, empathy, and clarity. Authenticity, empathy, and clarity, because I feel like as men we can't begin to create these safe spaces and have these conversations and accentuate the happiness in others um, if we don't have um, a level of empathy and clarity to understand how we bring our best authentic selves to the village to be these trees. And so I, um, I respect that. And I also appreciate the ability to... Um, you know, put ourselves above, put, put put our community and the greater good above ourselves. 
and this this servant leadership um, thing that resonated throughout the book. And I go back to some of my military friends who are officers, um, you know, regardless of your branch of service, uh, it's a common thing, you know, leader, leaders eat last. Yeah. Leaders eat last. And I feel as if as men and leaders in the community, we, that's, that's the nature. It may, it may appear to be toxic, but we have to uh, be in uncomfortable situations. We have to be able to adapt to different kinds of environments. We're not going to always get it right. And I do believe that as uh, our communities can only thrive if men, if, if we are thriving in our responsibility um, as, in manhood. If we are not thriving and, and, and with that responsibility, then our communities won't thrive. But I think that's part, of, I guess that's what I was really looking for in the book. Like, what's the, what's the code to put us in the best place to optimize our strengths, to be the best men that we can be for our communities and how, how to do that. And so, um, yeah, I rated three, three out of five fists, man. Three out of five fists. Okay. Jeff? So with the rating, I was going to say two and a half. That's but fair. Since, yeah, I'm with, I'm with we, but I'm going to just round it up and just say three as well. Um, again, some of the things I said earlier, I think this book had great concepts. For me, it was very difficult to read. I mean, if it wasn't for what we're doing here, I probably wouldn't finish this book because I just didn't, I didn't like the way that it was written. Like I said before, don't tell me you're going to tell me a story. Just tell me the story. Right. Don't. And... <laughs> I guess with the audio, like, cause I was like, Hey, maybe the audio was just a lot better, but now it all makes sense for him to be an actor. Probably the way that it's written was almost like him saying lines out of a, a scene or a play, which I'm like, well, this makes sense. This is why it's written that way. But for somebody reading a book, I feel like it doesn't necessarily translate effectively um, as such. With that said, I still think there were good concepts in this book that, I took from it. Uh, one of the things that I found for me personally is I'm not saying his, his book is the Holy grail, but it was good to read a lot of stuff that I feel like I currently do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say like I've had some formal training or I've done, you know, like I'm not married. I don't have, you know, any kids, all this stuff. I, I don't actively have a mentor. I don't go to therapy, but in terms of how I communicate with others, how I feel like something that's important to me is creating a safe space. And when I say safe space, it's not all about quote unquote safety, but if six people having a conversation, I want to make sure that everyone is being heard. People not speaking over somebody or just you have certain feelings about someone. It's like, Oh, well, they're not that important. Or they, I, I, I feel like these are certain tools that I currently use. So I was like, man, I, I was almost like a pat on the back, like, okay, you, when you feel like you, you kind of doing, you kind of doing what's right. <laughs> it was, it was, it was affirming, man. It was right, affirming, it was just yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm doing something right out here. So it, it was good for me to, <laughs> to see that in this book as, as him saying like, Hey, this is how you are a true man. Or this is how you step into manhood. I feel like I was doing some, putting some of those things in practice, but if I had to pull out, I guess like three things that was powerful to me, um, a couple of a couple of them were this. Uh, he says in the book, he says, "While you couldn't teach me to be a man, you taught me all the essential things that have shaped who I have become today." 
that statement made me think about single mothers and how the father may not be actively involved. And I, and I feel like sometimes, you know, moms think like, hey, I want to teach you to be a man. It's like, no, you you giving me the, the tools to shape who I've become, but only a dad can really shape a boy to be a man. And reading that statement, it was like, I was kind of like, I agree with that. And it was good to see that the author um, was saying that in a book. Another thing that he stated as well was children cannot be fooled into saying to saying something they really do not connect with, which I think is just so powerful. Like, again, it, it goes back to everybody want like you raise up a child using um, pain language, which I did like that term cursing and things of that sort. And then you surprise this child get into like elementary, middle school and they like cussing you out. They doing what they have been taught to do, even though you told them not to curse or you've been drinking around them, using drugs. Like that's what they're doing now because that's what they've seen, even though that's, that's what you've been telling them different. And to that point, like children can't be fooled. Like they, they grow up wanting to emulate, you know, their parents to a certain regard. And to be honest, it's, it's so powerful when you think about it. I think about, you know, me and my dad. I think it's just something about a male and a dad. And this comes from just like genetics and DNA. I remember just wanting to be like my dad so bad or just like wanting to just like please my dad. And it wasn't like my dad had, had done anything where I was like, I really want to do that. It was just like, that's my dad. And you just grow up just wanting, like you think your dad is just so cool. So with that being said, when you see what your dad is doing, whether good or bad, you're not going to remember these times that he done said X to you. You're going to remember that the actions that were put behind it. So I thought that was a, a powerful um, statement as well, just seeing that play out. And the last one was, um, we don't get the partner we want, but rather the partner we are. That one hit me in my chest because yeah, that was heavy. That was heavy. That was heavy because I was like, "Damn, that's what's been happening to me." Look, that was- <laughs> I said, "Shit!" I said, I said, "Oh, this what's been happening. This why all these relationships ain't working out." And this was something like, I mean, I am really sitting here like pondering about because I'm like, "How do I change this? How do I change this? All of these failed relationships." <laughs> I'm getting who I am, and I'm like, I, this. I'm like, that can't be me. That can't you got to be, be the, you got to be the man. You got to be the, so you could get you a Sally Richardson, man. Right. <laughs> that's the goal. I but Sally Richardson. But that, that's all I have for this book. I, I, <laughs> I still would. I mean, I would probably. I don't know if I would recommend, but I would encourage somebody to read it and for certain like concepts. Um, because I, I still think it's. It's things that you can get from the book, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it'll be on my in my list of recommendations. But that's what I got. That's fair. I too would give it. I'll give it three point two fives of a fist. And you gotta be black. Gotta add a little. Two point five, three, three, three point two five. Yeah, we're gonna average that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a three. That's a um, three. <laughs> Many of the things you said that was lacking, I wanted, right? Especially for me, the Lucas part, I really, because that's my lane, right? Pain and trauma. And I wanted, I wanted that to be a, a, 
a moment for a young brother that hasn't been equipped with the skills and the tools to navigate pain. I wanted, I wanted that to be um, the rope that he could hold on to and pull himself out of the water when the boat has gone down. And I didn't get it. Um, the things that I, that I starred in my notes was when he was talking about um, the motorcycle accident and he said, um, I didn't fulfill my promise. And I kept thinking about that, that a man fulfills his promise. Um, the other thing that I starred was um, where he said, the experiences that led me to my own manhood were not without pain, but thankfully they were not also without purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about that, like pain and purpose, that those are two cousins that kind of like grace and mercy. You're going to get one and you're going to get the other. And making sure that you see the purpose in the pain and you see the pain within the purpose. Um, there was a lot, there's a lot of things in here that I had to digest and and sit with for a while. I just wish there was, you know, black folks, we like to have closure. I wish there was closure to a lot of the things that was mentioned. Um, thoroughly mentioned and given takeaways. I think it would have been good if there would have been some call to actions after each of those concepts, like start doing this, stop doing this, continue doing this, and then start doing this. And then at the end, a culmination of things that says, hey, these are the steps that you should begin taking today, right? Like start forgiving, start using more intentional and powerful and positive language. Like just things like this, that one, we, some of us can draw conclusions from the things that we're reading, like, oh, I should start doing this. But once again, you, you can't be what you don't see. So if you've never been around that and you haven't been experienced and, or exposed to any of this, you won't know. And so um, overall, it sounds like we have given this book a three. Three, hey, uh, three, 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 three out of five fists, man. Three out of five fists, man. Power to people. That has been a, another edition of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Uh, thanks to Cousin Jeff. Um, Dondre Whitfield, Male versus Man, How to Honor Women, Teach Children, and Elevate Men to Change the World. Decent read. Go check it out. <laughs>